This is the Own It Show, where we tell stories of how everyday people made ownership theirs to create extraordinary success. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Own It Show. I'm Justin. And I'm Elise. Welcome to the show. And so often we talk about living up to your potential and leaning into something that's different and being open to something that's different. And today we're bringing on a guest who has really leaned into that. He's, he's owned who he is. He's owned his understanding of different and been open to opportunities presented his way. And he, I can't wait for you to listen to the stories that this guy's got going on because he has been able to create for himself a life that a lot of people would dream of. And it's not something that happened overnight, but it's something that he earned. It's something that he earned into. It's something that he believed into. And by owning who he was, by going through these experiences, he was ultimately able to find this level of success. And so without further ado, I can't wait to introduce you guys to Fit Body Bootcamp CEO, Bryce Henson. Thank you for having me on the show. Super pumped to connect. Uh, Bryce, I, I'm just so enthralled by your story because it's uh, Fit Body Bootcamp is, I mean, everybody knows that name. It's, there was 250 locations throughout the United States and one of the fastest growing and if not the biggest, one of the biggest franchises in the United States. Was this something that you set your mind to when you were 10 years old and said, I am going to be a, the CEO of one of the biggest franchises in the U.S.? Or how, like, what was, what was your goal growing up and what did that version of Bryce ultimately yield this? Yeah, great question. To answer directly, no, I had no <laughs> idea that I was going to be the CEO of a major international fitness franchise, to say the least, coming from the Midwest. Um, but uh, certainly it's been an evolution. And I think to, to story tell a little bit, I usually say that I'm from, from the Midwest. I spent about 11 years in the state of Michigan. Um, but really, my first 10 years were in the state of Georgia. In fact, I used to talk like this when I was a little boy. No way, you had that accent? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love it. In the country, if you will, about awesome. half an hour south. And, um, you know, had a, uh, on one hand a pretty volatile childhood. And, and the reason that was is my father was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict and he was addicted to gambling. Not necessarily the trifecta for a good family upbringing. Um, but uh, as it, the story turns out, um, the, you know, the, the situations, the arguments kind of got tumultuous. And uh, late one, I guess, weekend after my dad went on a bender and spent, and I shouldn't say invested, gambled away uh, a lot of money, um, came home. And my mother, as you would imagine, was not you know, too happy with this behavior. And this has been a pattern. Um, but that situation was different. And uh, the verbal, uh, I guess, confrontation turned violent. And next thing you know, my, next thing you know, my mom was running upstairs uh, for her life. She wound herself on her bed. My dad was uh, grasping her and basically, you know, choking her out, if you will. And by the grace of God, my little sister kind of, you know, uh, crossed the room and uh, distracted my father, who was like in a drunken stupor, if you will. And uh, my mom slipped his grip, her knees hit the floor, and like a bat out of hell, a uh, shot out of that room. And basically, our life changed. Uh, within the next night, we were basically on a flight to Michigan. And by the grace of God, my grandma was able to take us in. Uh, but very humble beginnings, if you will. Um, I guess the next 10 years. Stayed with my grandma, who uh, my brother and I shared a room. Uh, my uh, grandma had her own room, and then my mother and I, or excuse me, my mom and my sister shared not only a room, but a bed for the better, better part of 10 years. And uh, that next 10 years was pretty tumultuous. Uh, you know, my mom did the best that she possibly could, but many times we ran out of money before we ran out of month. 
Um, and it was a really you know challenging situation. But I look back and I had some experience. We were talking offline. I ended up living in South America and Brazil and saw what really third world poverty is, which provided a lot of perspective. But at the time, it was certainly challenging. Um, but really what I take, take from that, and speaking of the Own It, which I just love this concept, love this show, for whatever reason, and probably you know, factory installed by, by, by God above, um, I took ownership of my situation. I remember when I was in third grade, looking at my hands being like, if it has to be, it's up to me. Like I'm gonna basically take ownership of my life to get us out of this situation. And certainly wasn't overnight, but I think at that moment in time, I had the, the I set the trajectory of being a successful man, being a man of means, and really not being in a situation like I, I was you know, in my youth. So that was kind of the foundation, I guess, for my life. And you know, what I like to see, you know, caught, turn a tragedy to a triumph and really laid, laid the foundation for future success, you know, while I'm sitting here today. As, as chilling and I'm sure as difficult of a story that must have been for you to go through at such a young age, it's powerful, right? You were, you were able to turn, like you said, this tragedy into a triumph. You know, there's a lot of people in this world who go through the same thing and don't end up where, where you are. So what is it about you or how were you able to cultivate a really strong mindset to be able to get through something like that and to ultimately be where you are today? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, there's probably a lot of sources. Uh, thankfully, uh, we were put in that situation with my grandma and my mom. We moved to Michigan seemingly overnight just because my mom had some family support there. So just like some good support in, you know, that, that perspective. But honestly, I, I think I'm lucky. I, I just factory installed, I just decided to look at the situation and maybe I looked at it from like a, a choice of either I could, you know, cry and kind of say, poor me, but I kind of ran the tape through and I realized that wasn't going to get me anywhere. In fact, that would probably get me where my father was. Um, or I could turn the situation and own the situation and say, hey, this is not a good situation. And I'll be very candid with you. I was frustrated. I was scared, a lot of rage. I mean, I was probably, I, I was, you know, quite um, angry when I was younger, but I really turned that anger and rage towards the light and trying to make something of myself. And interestingly enough, um, there's a book uh, by Tim Grover uh, called Relentless, who's the author or um, coach to uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And he talks about both Kobe, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan used to channel 48 minutes of controlled rage at their opponent. And I feel like that's kind of what I did. I basically harnessed that frustration and challenge and anger and just really tried to, to, to manifest it towards the light. And that's really kind of how it all worked out. So you use it for good instead of for bad. Yeah. When you talk about betting on yourself, it's a concept that I think a lot of people talk about it. a lot of entrepreneurs that they've reason they've gone into entrepreneurship is because they either a don't want to work for somebody else or b they've got this massive internal drive that is the only way in which they can unleash their creativity is through this but it all stems from making sure that you're making this one decision which is just to bet on yourself and what how were you able to lean into that and use A, your God-given talents, but B, what did you learn along the way of betting on yourself that continued to improve that confidence and ultimately the results that were yielded? Yeah, incredible question. And I, I never actually quantified it like betting on myself. I, I actually looked at it as like investing in myself. And at a young age, I realized that like there's a difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And there's a book actually that came out recently uh, behind that concept. But I, I quickly kind of when I'm observing people realized that some people could actually better themselves and then some people would stay complacent. So I really bought onto the belief that, hey, like also uh, the belief that 
I've always felt that I'm better than my circumstance. So if I'm better than my circumstance, I can put myself in a situation to learn, to grow, to acquire a skill. And I always thought to myself, like, someday I'm going to be successful. Now, I didn't have the exact, you know, visual, as I mentioned before, no way in a million years, because I wasn't even a fit guy until I moved to California well past college. Um, so I didn't, you know, fully have that granular vision, but I knew at a very young age that I could develop myself, I can invest in myself, I can read, I can basically, you know, acquire knowledge, and really, in your words, bet on myself to put myself in a situation where I, I was a better person for it, and ultimately better opportunities would come from it. I want to dive into that a little bit more because there's there's so much to be said about cultivating that mindset, a growth mindset. What is a piece of advice you could give our listeners to actually do that in a tangible way? What are some things that maybe you practice on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis to, to stay in that mindset? Yeah, well, it's funny. I say this to my, my team. I'm addicted to know, K-N-O-W. Like I have this like really, I guess, yearning to learn, to grow. Like tangible action steps would watch podcasts like these, like read books, like you know, read literature, read studies, um, put yourself in a mind space where you're like getting positive inputs and you're learning, you know, from people smarter than you. And now leading a major international franchise location or organization, uh, the biggest thing is I always say, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. In fact, if I'm the smartest in the person in the room, that's not a good thing. My job is actually to cultivate talent, bring the smart people, bring my man main over here who's a magician at filming, bring you know my different leaders who are you know good with analytics or you know marketing or whatever the case may be, and just channel that. And the way you do that is really by surrounding yourself with with really strong-minded, like-minded, positive people, and really tapping into different resources. Um, like I said, like this show is a reading material. When you talk about this investment in yourself, have you always been somebody who's been able to do that? Because I mean, growing up where you haven't had the financial means that a lot of other people would have had. Uh, you didn't grow up in the most uh, supportive environment mm -hmm. that uh, was, was able to cultivate a lot of this. So obviously this is something that was either A, innate or B, learned. And how were you able to transform your thought process to, I'm going to continually invest in myself, whether it is uh, based on finances that I have to go and actually pay to be in that room, or I can actually bring value in a different way in order to do that. How did you, for somebody who is like, hey, I don't have $10,000 right now to go and invest in a mentor or a coach or uh, to get in the room that I need to get into, what are other creative ways that you can do it to ultimately start to accumulate up in yeah. what you're doing? I mean, it sounds so basic, but like work for free. I literally interned at a variety of organizations in my college you know, days, even when I first moved to California, um, just to basically like learn a skill. Like basically I started my sales career, um, no commission sales. I was literally just like dialing on the phone and uh, I didn't have to make it a big uh, upfront investment only my time. And, you know, through that experience in the first year, first year of my career, basically like, you know, phone, uh, uh, cold calling and dialing for dollars. Like I learned so much just about human interaction and about my pitch and basically what re resonates or what lands with, you know, some people and what doesn't with others. Uh, so I think that like, that growth mentality and really putting myself out there, knowing that, and I, and I knew this inherently, but I always thought to myself, if I can learn the skill now, the money will come later. And it's worked out for me. Walk us through a little bit of your journey to now sitting in this seat of CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp. Yeah, so when I first 
uh, moved to California. This is after I graduated from Michigan State. Um, I wasn't a fit guy by any stretch of imaginations, and a fortuitous situation happened a couple years later. And I was excited to be in California, Los Angeles, all the palm trees, the blue skies, the beaches, all that. The Hollywood dream. The Hollywood dream, right? <laughs> Especially coming from a cold place like Michigan. <laughs> totally, right? And my first experience actually was leaving Michigan, and I think we were talking offline with a foot of snow and then arriving right. in <laughs> Southern California with 75 degree weather. We've both been in that position too. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Buffalo and Emmy, Tim, preaching the choir over here. <laughs> um, but as much as I was excited to be in California, um, the first you know year and a half, two years, uh, I had more dark days than good. I mean, I was 3,000 miles from home, little professional skills. I kind of walked you through the journey of cold calling and all that. But really, if I break it down, I didn't have the energy, the vibrance. I didn't have fitness in my life. And that really laid the foundation when a year and a half uh, passed by a fortuitous situation a good buddy of mine that I went to college with um, wasn't on the cover of Men's Health, but he could have been. He had the six-pack abs, the muscles, the confidence, the energy. Um, all the girls looked up, or loved him, I looked up to that. So I finally mustered up enough courage to ask him, hey, Adam, can you show me a little bit about this fitness thing? So what he did, he introduced me to circuit training and lifting weights and clean you know, eating, but he most importantly introduced me to coaching and accountability. And I think when I saw the Fit Body Bootcamp model a couple years later, even though Fit Body wasn't even existent at the time, because this is, shoot, 15 years ago in early 2007, what I realized when I saw the model of circuit training and clean nutrition, but coaching and accountability, like the light went on and I thought, okay, this worked for me, it certainly can work for other people. And uh, going through that fitness transformation really laid that foundation. Um, then Justin, to answer your question, after I got fit, I never thought in a million years that I could actually make fitness a, a full-time profession. Although I did know that I became one of the least performing sales rep in my company, all the way the highest performing sales rep in my company because of fitness. So I thought, okay, I'll get you know certified as a personal trainer and train some clients on the nights and weekends. And that was actually the plan. And I believe I updated my Facebook profile, the personal trainer on Facebook, and I started receiving ads from this guy named Bedros Koulian, who just so happens to be- Who's that? Right? <laughs> um, the founder of FitBody. And that was like my launching pad to basically open my eyes to, oh, actually, maybe I can open my own FitBody location. And uh, one thing led to another, and we were talking about off the, offline about this in 2012, decided to uh, muster up all my courage and confidence and passion and also all my life savings. And after a two year spent, uh, stint in Brazil where I met my wife, we decided to open our first location. And that really laid the foundation for a handful of other locations from 2012 to 18. And you know, had a lot of success, also had some challenges and trials and tribulations like any entrepreneur does. Um, but in that period of time, learned a ton about coaching, about you know, health and wellness, but most importantly about leadership and really gaining business acumen. And uh, that really set the stage for 2018 when uh, our brand was really hockey sticking. Um, and Bedros uh, very you know, fortuitously reached out to me and offered me his uh, vice president role, which he still gives me a hard time to this day because I didn't decline it to be let the record, <laughs> record be known. Even I though just, he's not here. <laughs> I didn't accept it at first. And I think being a hard charging entrepreneur, I had my vision, I had five locations, I was gonna scale to 10. Um, but after a few conversations, I took a step back and was like, all right, what's my real purpose? I love helping people. I love, you know, I'm passionate about that. And I thought to myself, you know what? I can actually help more people on a franchisor level by basically teaching other owners and coaches to replicate the process than I can opening locations. And that was really when the spark kind of hit that, hey, I actually want to join forces. So in 2018, I joined as his VP and, um, you know, fast forward a few years, even battling through COVID and all the challenges that uh, it's created. 
um, in 2021 last year is when B basically offered me the position for a CEO as his empire is growing and wanted to put someone in the trenches that knows the day-to-day -day operations, has good leadership skills, and that's kind of how it, how it all came to be. Well, kudos to you. That is, that is amazing and quite the career path there. Thank you. I'm curious, what was it about you that that Pedro saw in you to pick out of 400 other franchise, franchisees to, to be able to say, hey, come join our team and ultimately be our, our CEO? Shoot, Elise. Um, I mean, humbling myself when he first made the call, I got to be honest with you, I was like, me? Like, me? Um, but I took a step back and, you know, ultimately, you know, looking at my career and all that, number one, uh, it's I invest in relationships and I invest in coaching as well. And I was the type of guy who, when I first, you know, joined the brand, I mean, I was green, literally. I had no idea how to run a business. I didn't know the marketing. I had the sales experience. I felt confident that I can convert people, but I just didn't know how the whole operation ran. Um, so I tapped into the coaching and I joined the mastermind group. I tapped into the franchise and every 90 days I would meet, you know, in a, in a mastermind format with Bedros and B as we call for short and B would give me the marching orders and I would just take action on the marking, marching orders. I'd come back 90 days later, my business had grown. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, being coachable, um, also, um, you know, again, d developing in relationships. And, you know, I think I'd like to think through fitness and through my positive mindset, you know, I'd like to think I give off good energy. That's what really Bedros says. And um, I think a combination of a few of those things, uh, it worked out in that way. Well, it's very clear you're somebody who lives in what we call an ownership mindset, right? In our conversation, I'm sensing a lot of humility from you. Thank you. I'm sensing really strong leadership skills, but then also, you know, you said it a couple times now, living in much more of a growth a growth mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset. Yeah. I mean, easier said than done. I feel like human nature, we're wired for scarcity. But Absolutely. So it is like we a, are. it's a proactive, like learning growth, you know, growth experience, but um you know, shoot, I, I appreciate the nice accolades. It's, I'm a work in progress as well, but uh, it's we been, all are. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a great journey so far, and I'm excited to continue. I love it. It's. I want to go back to something you said, and you were talking about. I've got it highlighted here. You're talking about energy, and you talked about how your energy is something that Pedro's picked up on. Uh, you talked about how showing up for not only your uh, people in um, your locations mm -hmm. when you physically had them, but now for the entire team. You're running something of a, of a corporate level now. And as founders and CEOs, you're always a salesperson. Always a salesperson. You have to sell two things now. You have to sell your actual product, but you also have to sell the mission and the dream to everybody else. And so I'm not surprised that you came from sales and were a rock star at sales, but the only way you're a rock star at sales is through the energy and passion that you bring. And so how do you cultivate that type of energy? Well, shoot, my friend, we just shot an awesome podcast that uh, you just laid down incredible biohacks on energy. Um, so I'm literally taking some notes here and I'm going to be applying some things to my life. But um, I mean, it comes down to like health and wellness. And we just talked about this offline about having a consistent going to bedtime. You know, I'm like literally like boring, actually, like I'm clockwork, you know, yeah. like I go to bed at eight o'clock, I wake up at four o'clock. If um, someone was hunting, you would be really easy. E the easiest prey ever, the easiest prey ever. Um, but I'm, I'm, 
to your point, this is one of the big takeaways for you, sleep. I'm like religious about my sleep. That actually like, you know, fuels my fire. I get up, I always work out within, you know, 60 minutes of basically waking up and that gives me energy. So I just feel like I, I have a regimented schedule. I start my day with a win. Uh, for me, like, you know, working out, getting a good sweat just clears my mind. It kind of you know, gives me the edge, if you will. Um, I do cryotherapy as well to kind of shock the body, although I'm gonna have to do some of the testing to make sure that like my, I'm on the right path there. We'll give you some, we'll give you some tips okay. as to how to optimize that for you. <laughs> I, I would love that. Um, but I think those, those are some fundamental habits that just like fire me up. And I just think also too, like living a, felt, a healthy and fit lifestyle, I'll be very candid with you. I wasn't the confident guy, the energetic guy, the, the guy that had, you know, vibrancy before my fitness journey. And I really, it's why I'm so passionate. I'm the number one salesman of Fit Body Bootcamp and not anything great about me, but my role is that. I have to be the biggest believer in the brand, the biggest salesman in the brand, and it starts with my own belief in fitness, my belief and passion in it. I love that. Yeah, and that, that's amazing. You know, one of the things that we talk about so often on this podcast is two key things. One, a strong foundation, right? For us, we use the eight controllables to, to, to be able to create everybody's own personalized version of that strong foundation. And two, aligning ourselves with something greater, a greater purpose or a greater passion. And you mentioned, you know, when you had that moment where Bedros reached out to you to, to come on and take the VP role, you, you're at a crossroads, right? You, you had mentioned it was, you know, I could continue on, build my 510 fit body boot, boot mm -hmm. camps, or I can really step back and, and serve a greater purpose. So I'm curious how you felt in that moment. When B made that offer to me, yeah, I was humbled. I was confused. I was excited. I was scared. Um, it took me a little while to process, and I'm not actually, I'm the type of guy, like, I take calculator risks, um, so I'm not just something to jump into something, but I'm also on the other side, I'm not the data guy. I don't fully analyze everything to that perspective. Sometimes I'll shoot from the hip and go from, like, an intuition. So it's this blend of, like, taking a calculated risk, but just, like, trust in my gut. Um, so I think, you know, in that process, those are my feelings that I went through. And then, of course, I asked the right questions. It was a big shift as well. Uh, but after about, you know, a few conversations and a few weeks in, I was like, all right, let's go. I love That's it. amazing. Yeah, I, I, what I call a lot of clients I work with say, how do I make the most well-rounded best decisions for myself? And I call it the mindfulness trifecta. It's a, it's a balance of check in with your logic, your head, check in with your emotions, your heart, and then ultimately let your intuition lead, which is sounds like exactly what you did. I love that. That's my, frame. That's my framework without knowing it the is. framework. Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. Bryce, I'm really curious because you, you talked about it, but I'm sure culture has been something that drives your business. And you, you in yourself are a leader. You, you can just tell. You, you ooze it. And it, it's somebody that people are going to want to follow. Knowing that you're, you have 250 locations globally, you're an international brand, how do you create and manifest culture in something that is hard to bring everybody into a physical location? I'm sure when you did it at your own Fit Body Boot Camps, they had their own culture, they had their own vibrance, and it, it, it's great when you have full control of that. But when there's so many different entities in so many different places, how do you continue to man manufacture that culture that everybody buys into, everybody loves, so you can create that energy that then is Fit Body Bootcamp? Incredible question. Um, it's not about me at all, but it starts with me. I set the tone for the organization. I set the tone for how I look, how I feel, how I show up. And the, the energy and the culture radiates through me that way. Like to my leadership team, you know, I need to be showing up vibrant, like ready to go, like, hey, I'm here to serve, I'm here to support. 
with a full level of energy and a full level of confidence towards the mission ahead. That bleeds to my leadership team, that bleeds to my franchise business coaches, which I call our coaching and profitability team, which then are the connectivity points to our location owners. And that energy flows through our owners to their coaches, to their clients. So you know, I guess in a philosophical way, that's how I view my role in the business. Like I'm the chief evangelist officer. Mm. And, that's, and that really is a, a self-defining way I look at the culture of the organization. Also, I also am a strong believer that culture is developed by relationships. We are in the relationship business first and foremost, far more than the nutrition, coaching, et cetera. That's all very important part of the equation, but we're in the relationship. So when you cultivate deep relationships and you have a love for people, I feel like I'm very lucky. I naturally just love people. Like I, I, I probably factory installed. I learned a lot also from my mother as well, who's like the most caring person ever. So I love people. I love to help people. And I think that also sets the tone for the culture. And then also too, logistically, I mean, we have, you know, trainings and meetups and we have a huge world conference every year. We actually just had one in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona last week. Uh, Jesse Itzler was our big keynote, if you're oh, familiar with him. Yep. Um, he talked about soul. He talked, and, and I usually talk about it in those words, uh, culture, but he talked about his theme, his mantra for the last few years. Every, I guess every January, he sets his new intention for the year. And the last four years, it's been soul. And I told my team, I was like, that is what our unique selling proposition is. Fit body, we have soul, because the universe rewards soul. Yeah, I love powerful. that. Yeah. And when you're talking about it, you can just see you light up. Yeah, right? fire I mean, me up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to ask you a question that our listeners love in every single podcast. If you could tell us in a word or a phrase, what is your definition of ownership? Full accountability, full responsibility, never point any fingers. Love that. That's really strong. So as it comes down to it, Bryce, it's it's amazing just to see the way in which you lead. Like you you embody everything that you preach. You can tell, um, and I think that comes with um, with experience. It comes with have, have living a life that has taken you in a multitude of different directions, and you've had to learn from those things. Uh, the things have been difficult, and then uh, life has ultimately, as you said, rewarded you for staying the course. And so I honor you for who you are. I honor you for uh, your conviction to uh, a mission and a purpose. And it, it is a, it's an absolute pleasure to um, have you on. Pleasure is mine. You guys are fantastic. And uh, man, I'm so excited to see you guys flourish as well as we do it together. I love Thank it. Thank you. Where can our listeners find you? Website? Instagram handle. Yeah, so our big URL across the board would I'd be direct you or I would direct you to fitbodybootcamp.com, fitbodybootcamp.com, and then my social media handles is real Bryce Henson, uh, not to be confused with fake Bryce Henson, because uh, there are a lot of those out know? there. And it, I, honestly, <laughs> there's a lot of fake accounts for everybody. Totally, I am not selling crypto. <laughs> Bryce is not selling crypto, so just don't even don't even acknowledge it. Real Bryce Henson. That's it. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that. So I love it, and be sure. To follow him guys like it's incredible when you find somebody who actually authentically leads and leans into who they are leans into that true mission and understands that when you invest in yourself others are going to invest into you and it all starts with that invest in relationships invest in coaching be coachable drive with that positive energy because that's what creates change and that's what cultivates culture as ceos executives founders uh, moms and dads whatever you're leading with you are a salesperson whether you like it or not you're selling your 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 mission you're selling your vision you're selling 
whatever decision you're trying to get somebody else to make. And so as you go in that way, you set the tone because whether it's positive or whether it's negative, it flows downhill and we are all in the relationships business. So remember guys, success is different. Own your different. We'll see you next week.